We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Back off, looks, off, throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone and getting in for the touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown. The snap, he's got it, wants to throw. Wentz looks, looks, pressure comes. Wentz, hit, sack, back inside the 20. Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. <laughs> Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 326 on the Blue White Network. I am your host Tyler Joe, my main guy. As always, Mr. Malcolm Hart. Malcolm, what's up man? How we doing? Woo, what is going on man? Yo, um, I'm doing good man. I'm ready to um, talk about this game, this victory that we had. Feel a little better about it after re-watching the game and um, see, see what's going on man. We got a... Uh, you know, this, this game that we have the Bears next, man. Yeah, so it's not Victory Monday. We're recording a day after Victory Monday. But, you know, you kind of already hinted towards it. Like, I think the feeling after the game from at least our podcast or, like, the thing I feel like I got from you, at least from doing the spaces with you immediately after the game, was, like, it was underwhelming. Like, they won the game, great, but you felt like it was underwhelming at the end of the day. Yeah, because I felt like they took their foot off the gas pedal, like they like they always do. And um, yeah, I mean, after the first quarter, the first quarter was amazing. Like I think we're all excited about the first quarter. Like yeah, this is what I'm talking about. You know, we're about to see an ass open. And then the Lions needed this. The Lions needed to put an ass open on somebody, especially you know these last couple of weeks of what we saw of Detroit Lions football. So after the first quarter, man, it was just like, here we go again. Here we go again, and um, it was tough. It was it was tough. I mean, getting the victory. I mean, you gotta appreciate. I'm learning. You know, I talked to a lot of people on Twitter. A lot of people was like, "Look, you know, we're nine and three. You gotta appreciate the victories, no matter how they come. Appreciate the victories." And um, uh, I, I guess I'm, I need to learn how to do that because I, I guess my expectations for this team was just so high coming in. 
you, you know me. I, I, you know, I felt like we could be anybody. I, uh, you know, coming in, I was like, you know, we can hang with anybody. Put us against the goddamn 49ers. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll hang with them. We'll give them a run for their money. But now it's just like, uh, I don't know. So right now, I'm just, you know, taking it as a go. I'm appreciating the victories. And that's why I feel a little bit a little bit better about the about that game. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. And I, I think, like, the, the really good start, like it did the same thing to me. It's like it really tampered my expectations. It went from before the season, go win the division and go in a playoff game. And then anything after that, beautiful. Like that, that's extra credit at that point. And then next year I'm going to have bigger expectations. But then after we had the hot star, you know, you're six and two at the bye week. They really only had like one really bad game versus Baltimore. But I'm like, you know, the defense overall has been pretty solid and the offense is you know, it was fireworks. And like, all I asked before the years, like if this defense just could be average and this offense could be what I think it could be, this team could be very scary. And it feels like since just the bye week, I mean, this defense went from being average to their old self. And my expectations have now tampered down kind of like you, where I was there at that one point where like we can compete with anybody we are a top three team in the NFL. Like we, we, we are a Super Bowl favorite this year. Where now I look at it where I was back in the preseason where it's like, okay, you know, they, they are what I kind of thought they were. They, they're not as as dominant as the first eight games really showed me. And, I mean, there's still five more games regular season. Maybe they can get back to their old self. But not, not, nothing in the last four games have really indicated to me that this team is ready to be considered in that, that tier teams like the – San Francisco 49ers, Eagles, and I think you could even throw the the Cowboys to a certain extent in that conversation. I I just don't think we're there right now. I mean, and the thing that's killing me is that I think that we have the talent to be there. I just don't know what 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 exactly is going on. Maybe they're saving it for the playoffs, and maybe there's to give the teams you no know, film. I don't know what they're doing, but I think the usage of some of these guys is driving me absolutely bonkers. The, the usage of these guys is, good, is driving me bonkers. We have a guy who went 12th overall, has probably the, probably the fastest player I've seen in the NFL, to be honest with you. And he only gets two touches. It doesn't make any sense to me why he's only getting two touches. Yeah. Yeah. Are they saving him for the playoffs? Like, when, do you, when do they plan to say, look, we're going to unleash Jameson Williams? We're gonna give him a full go. I mean, he's getting the reps. He's not getting. He's not getting limited snaps. He's getting the reps, but two targets, two touches, one one um, reverse and one one pass thrown to him. I just I'm lost. I, what is what is going? Is that Ben Johnson not not scheming him, giving him enough plays? What the hell is going on? Yeah. And before we get into James Williams in this offense, let, let's talk about some injury updates that happened in this Saints game that could be pretty costly to already a, a bad oh, defense, right? Shit. So let's get into it. Ali McNeil was placed on IR on Tuesday. The Lions God, signed 13-year God. veteran Tyson Aluaha from the former Pittsburgh Steelers. But, man, that's tough, dude. That's that's a tough loss. I mean, it's already a bad defense. We talked about there's really only two <laughs> real legitimate factors on the defensive line. It's Aiden Hutch and Ali McNeil. And you just eliminated one of them right now. And he's going to be out for minimum four weeks. And, you know, there isn't any report that his season's over by any means. There is some 
some optimism that he could potentially return for the season finale and hopefully be ready for the playoffs if the Lions, you know, eventually clinch, I, which I'm not worried about that. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think anybody should be worried about that. But Lee McNeil's out for minimum four weeks. What's your thoughts? This is huge, man. This is this is terrible. This is terrible for Detroit Lions. Why? Lee McNeil was your second leading guy in pressures for Detroit Lions. He had 33 pressures for Detroit Lions. From the interior, when you're constantly being double teamed and you're constantly fighting two guys and you're still second in team in pressures, that is impressive. He was playing out of his mind this year. A lot of people are not really recognizing that. What he was able to do, five sacks, 33 pressures. I mean, this from the interior line. I mean, the last time we had this type of production, you probably got to go back to Sue. As far as the defensive tackle, we had a Detroit Lions that's that's able to put the amount of pressure on the quarterback and and get the sacks. So this is huge. This is a huge uh, a huge loss for Detroit, man. Um, I don't know. If we have a guy that's going to be able to replace his production now. You gotta you just gotta hope. I mean, now you gotta look at uh, Levi's Ricky and say, "Look, we drafted you." We drafted you in the second round. You gotta, you gotta produce. You gotta, you gotta do something other than being a healthy scratch for us, man. I know you had this back issue, and I mean, I don't know who do you expect to step up and and and, and be a, a force in, in the interior now. I don't, I don't, I don't know who we have if we have that guy. I don't think we have a guy right now. It's the problem. Like I know when I said Alex Anzalone was arguably the second biggest loss on defense. You could honestly put a Lee. Mc... That was the argument either between Alex Anzalone or McNeil. With at least Anzalone going out, I felt confident in Jack Campbell because I, I just I like I know he hasn't been great this year, but they drafted him at 18, and I know that guy could be a hell of a Mike linebacker. And we saw that this Sunday. We'll, we'll emphasize more of that, but like we saw that this Sunday, like he's fine if he sticks at one position, and especially that Mike position. Now, regarding this defensive tackle room, who who is going to be to step up? I I know you mentioned Levi Onzerike. Guy hasn't shown me a lick of anything for me to believe that at all. Uh, Broderick Martin has been, I think, active for like two games. Like he hasn't shown me anything to believe that he could step in right now. I mean, he was a third round pick from a small school. Uh, you have Isaiah Bugs. Who the hell knows what's going on with him? He was good for us last year, but dude has barely been on the field this year. And when he has been on the field, I mean, he I think he has that one sack versus the Packers, but other than that, hasn't been a huge factor when he when he's gotten the opportunity and his very limited opportunity. And then you got Benito Jones, who's been starting all year, who's been good versus the run. And then you got Quentin Bohanna, again, same thing, been good against the run. But none of these guys are even close to the equivalence of what Aline McNeil has to offer. And without him there, it's going to be a huge loss because you, you don't have anyone close to his skill level. John Kaminsky? No. Quentin Bohanna? No. Isaiah Bugs, No. I can keep reading these guys' names. None of these guys are close to Ali McNeil. Even the guy you recently decided, Tyson Aluha, like, I don't know what to expect out of that. I mean, Bruce Irvin, I didn't know what to expect out of that. He got a nice sack. I'll give him that. But, like, you signed a 36-year-old defensive tackle to replace Ali McNeil. Like, I, and I understand there's not many options at this time of year, and the injury sucks. You have nothing. You couldn't, like, see this coming but i mean we we knew this offseason like if Ali no went down th- th- this depth is just not there they don't have depth they don't have depth right now in this defense stack room and we said it man we said in the offseason if Aleem or hutchinson goes down who is going to be able to step up i don't think they have a guy in their organization right now i don't i mean in the offseason we we just had i guess we had high expectations we thought these guys were gonna be uh i guess high uh 
further along in the development process than they are now. Like Project Martin, we thought, you know, maybe Project Martin would be ready to go by now. You know, he had a solid preseason, solid camp. He had a really great camp. Yeah. yeah we, we thought he would be ready to go by now, and apparently he's not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Bohanna. Bohanna been he's been solid. Yeah, okay, yeah. Since he's been here, but he's not gonna be able to put do what Aleem McNeil was was doing. So that that's a huge loss. Um and hopefully he comes back because we, we're gonna need him down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's already in a bad defense with him. I can't even really imagine what the defense is gonna look without him now, especially <laughs> oh, yeah, with the man. next four games. And I, I, I'm curious to see if this affects the Lions run defense because that's like been the one good thing about this defense is the run defense. That's the one thing they haven't like, you know, given up even when they've been playing very bad, is their run defense has been consistent. They just can't stop the pass or get any pressure on the quarterback. So I wonder without McNeil in that middle as much. I, I wonder if it does take a hit to the run defense a little bit. And we're going to see these next four games. Yeah, we're, we're going to see. I don't think so because they have a lot of big bodies. I think that's like something to emphasize is getting big guys, getting big bodies. Big, would you guys like to say big fuckers? They like, they like those guys. They like those guys to plug up the gaps, um, whether it's Bohanna, um, whether it's, um, you know, Benito. Benito, no matter who it is, you know, Lee McNeil. They not yeah, Aleem, um, Isaiah Bugs. They, they like these big guys, so they still have these big bodies to plug up the gaps. I'm not too worried about the running defense. I'm just worried about now we don't have, you know, Aleem was our second guy in pressures. Now that that goes away. Now you think you think Aiden was alone before? He's really alone right now. He's really really gonna be alone right now. I don't think they put it as far as in, when they have to pass when the offense has to pass. I don't think they have to double anybody in the tier because I don't think any of those guys could beat one-on-ones in, in a passing game. So this is going to make things harder for uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Who even gets those snaps anymore? Because like McNeil was getting around 80 to 85% of the defensive snaps a game, you know, obviously when healthy. Yeah. Like, like who even gets those snaps? I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be a mixture of guys, but like who who's your starters right now in your defensive? You're, prob- you're probably gonna be looking at Benito Jones and Bohanna, to be honest with you. To, to keep it hundred with you, probably gonna be Benito Jones and and Bohanna. That's that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, that that's wild, man. But that, like, I think that's 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 what gonna that's what we're gonna start. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much of an argument like maybe Kaminsky because he gives you at least a little more pass rush, but like no, no. Kaminsky, he, he's he a liability. He's given us nothing this year. He'll be a liability in the running game. He can't. Yeah. He can't. He, his frame is too small to plug up the gaps. And that's why. The, yeah, that, 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 that's why they like those big guys in the early the early downs because those gaps, those eight gaps, they, they get clogged up, and then that, that's what make it tough for the running backs to um to to try to get anywhere to to find a hole. So you you have those big bodies there clogging up the gaps. You, you're still gonna be good in the running game. Now, as far as the passing game, I mean, it's gonna look like it's gonna look like what we saw last week, man. Well, not even just last week, it's been every week since the bye week. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the one positive I will say from the from the game from the, the Lions pass rush, it, it's still bad. It still stinks. Bruce Irvin gave me a little optimism. <laughs> like like surprisingly yeah. or not. I mean, he only had eleven snaps and he got to the quarterback two times truthfully like beating his one-on-one got there one of them was rough in the passer which i mean you can't do that but like he got there two <laughs> times like 
the right way. It wasn't a coverage sack. Like he beat his guy and got there. So like, I, I, it gives me a little optimism. Like maybe once now they ramp him up a little bit, he, he gets the, you know, more used to the NFL flow back and he's, he's, he's getting more than 11 snaps. Ramp up. How many, how much snap do you think he's going to get? Yeah, like, 36. You know, maybe give him like 25 or 20, something like that. You know, 20 oh, yeah. to 25, you know, ramp it up a little bit. You want to ramp it up too much. I mean, these other guys don't give you anything, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like Ch- Charles Harris is only getting three snaps a game now. <laughs> he's only getting three snaps a game. That's your captain. Uh, That's your yeah, captain. It, captain is your captain. I mean, like Romeo Quara, he got the sack, but like it, it's it's just it's still bad, man. The pass rush is still really bad. That's what we got. I think I think next year they really have to address this front four. They gotta 100%. get they gotta get Aiden some help. Hundred percent. Because it's so easy for if you're an offensive coordinator, right, and you're game planning against the Detroit Lions, I think it's so easy to, to game plan against this pass rush. It's put all your emphasis on Aiden Hutchinson and let these other guys beat you one on one. And they're not doing it. So it's like, okay, you know what it reminds me of? If you watch the Chiefs, it's like we're gonna t- we're gonna try to stop Travis Kelsey, let these receivers beat us, and they have no receiver that could beat any any corner. That's the that's the Lions have on issue on their pass rush right now. It's like with the Chiefs receiving room. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of his talent, a lot of it could be schemed up. I, I don't know, man. Because like, you see other teams that just have one elite guy and they're still being dominant. Like you see the Miles Garrett. You know, who, who who's on the other side of Miles Garrett? Yeah. So do you give a knock to some of it on Aiden Hutchinson too? Or? I think it's a little bit. I think everybody has a handful of it. I think everybody has a hand in it. That's I think Aiden Hutchinson could be a little bit better. Yeah. Um, these guys didn't even step up because they, they have no respect for the other guy, the opposite side of eight. Like that guy has no respect. Yeah. And it just the scheme up the scheme as well. I mean, we see teams who lead, probably probably top five in pressures who has no elite guys. So it's like you're just looking at it like, what the hell? What is the issue here? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it's, it's the million dollar question right now. And I think Aaron Glenn would love to, to figure it out too. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say this, man. Um, It wasn't all that bad as far as pressures last week. I thought it was worse. Um, than I thought it was, but then as, as the game went on, you know, they did kind of have to, you know, Derek Carr had to move out the way to make shit happen, but it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I thought the pressure was, like, really terrible last week, but it wasn't that bad, I guess. I mean, it was better than Green Bay, if you want to say that, but, like, yeah, you know, I use this analogy way too much. It's like comparing a garbage can to a recycling bin. They're both trash. Like, it's like, okay, you got better. <laughs> But, like, you were so bad, it was hard to get worse. You know what I mean? That, that's what it kind of felt like, is, like, from comparing the Saints game to the Packers game, your pass rush. And, and like, I don't know, man. It, like, you're right. This offseason, that's got to be the emphasis, is that they got to improve this pass rush some way. Because, to be frank with you, I wouldn't be, you know, mad at all if they, like, almost completely wiped this whole defensive line room outside of Aiden Hodgson, Houston, and, and like, Adeline. Pascal, maybe. Adeline. And Aleem, obviously, but like other than that, like they can clear this whole room, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you weren't hurt a lick out of me. I mean, I think that's probably like the biggest area of concern for this team. So I think they probably need to put their whole resources. I mean, corner two, I think we need, we need to find a, a guy, a guy, but I'm not sure if you're going to be in a position to, to get that guy. Uh, unless there's a free agent out there that says, I want to come to Detroit. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, they need to focus on defensive line. I think if they focus on defensive line, I think the, even the corners we have now might be okay. I mean, you're getting, you're gonna next year. You got to look at a big picture. You're looking to get um, Manuel Mosley back. Well, he's um, on a one year deal, so he's not even under contract. Oh, never mind. Shit, forget what I just said. Then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, we're, I think we're we're digging too too deep in the future right now, but. Right now, we're, it's tough, especially, man, we're, you know, we're, we're close to these playoffs, and now you're losing Ali McNeil, and it's tough, man. Yeah, and I think big picture, too. I think your cornerbacks, like, I think ultimately you got two guys that you feel confident for the future is Cam Sun. Like, I think once you get another guy, he'll be better, and Brian Branch and the nickel, I think you feel confident there. And, you know, Brian Branch made a play, too. It was a huge play on Sunday. Second play or first play on the Saints offensive drive. Gets a pick, gets the Lions offense right back on the field. I mean, it was a you know a, a tip ball by the tight end, but made the play. It was a tough play, and you know he shows those ball play, those ball skills that you know that like they, I think they could translate to be a very good nickel corner in the NFL. I think he has a bright future. I think he has a chance to be one of the best nickel corners. Uh, this is the way he is. Um, yeah, you're right. I think I think Campson he he has a future here, but I think that his He's probably suited better as a uh, number two, so we need to get a number one um, for for this team, so um, they can make the the cornerback room better. Yeah, and something I will say about this defense, even though it is, I think, pretty bad, is 
they get some big stops. Like, I, I'll give them that. Like, at the end of the game, I know Jameis missed some guys, but, like, they get off the field. And, like, they, they gave the offense the opportunity to go end that game. I think even versus the Packers game, like, they got some stops to give the offense some opportunities to go win that game. Versus the Bears, you know, they got the three and out to give the offense an opportunity. So, like, even though it is a bad defense, they have given this team an opportunity to still have a chance to win. And I've always said it. This team's identity is going to come from the offense. The offense needs to score points to win games, like a lot of points to, to win games. And this defense just needs to get crucial stops. And I'll give them that. That's something that they are doing right now. They are getting big stops when they need to and not letting the game be like lost because of the defense, which which is good. I mean, I mean, right now you're already talking about the defense, so we might as well just talk about, I guess, the, uh, the defense that we had last week against the, the, the Saints. Um, yeah. it, when I went back and watched the game, and this is looking at our defense, that play, that in that, that first drive, you're talking that first pick that you that you're talking about. It happened on the first play of the game, and when I when I re- went back and rewatched that that drive, that play. I was looking at the pressure. I wanted to see what did we do to Derek Carr to make him, you know, force that pass. Now the pass was perfect. The perfect pass to the receiver. The receiver just didn't catch it, and it went right to um, Brian Branch. Now the th- the concerning part of that play is that I counted. <laughs> Derek Carr had a clean pocket for over five seconds. That's that's not good. That, that that that's the part that's kind of concerning because, like I said, sometimes we show up, sometimes we don't, and that that was a play that our our defensive line they didn't show up at all, and yeah, he had over five seconds of a clean pocket, he didn't get touched, pressured, or anything in that 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 that's that, that drive. That's a, just feel like that's a little concerning to me, man. I mean, you're gonna win games like versus Saints because they're just not a very good football team, but. When it does get deeper, that's when it does get concerning. Yeah, they don't get pressure. They don't win. They don't win their their one on ones. Like like the only guy, like I said, they have to put emphasis on is Aiden Hutchinson. And after that, it's like have these other guys go beat you. And they're not doing it, man. None of these guys are doing it right now. And like, I would love to blame it all on Aaron Glenn, but I don't think it's all on him. Like I think sometimes it is on the players too. Like they have to win these battles. Like it's a one on one. You have to get home eventually sometimes. You can't lose every single one-on-one. And Aaron Glenn tries to mix it up. He tries to dial up some blitzes here and there. And, like, it still doesn't get home as often as you want or as as fast as you want, I should say. And, yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's any fixes necessarily this year because just we're too late right now in the process. Like, there's no guy you can go pick up or a guy you could trade for the deadline's over. This is what you have right now, and you have to figure it out. And I don't know if they will be able to with only five games left, you know, in the season. Yeah. Um, another thing that I kind of noticed as well is, I mean, as, as the game went on, and I talked about that drive where the quarterback had over five seconds. As the game went on, they, they were able to put more pressure on the quarterback. And you notice that Derek Carr had to um, step up on a lot of dro- um, throws. Or um, you, you see that they get there, but. Derek Carr did a great job as far as you know. As soon as he takes his three steps drop, that ball is out. A lot. I mean, we seen that a lot, uh, even when we played the Packers. Um, there wasn't a lot of plays that you see Jordan Love, you know, hold the ball that long to find a receiver. It was like three step drops and that ball is out, or, or seven step drop, whatever drops he did, the ball was out as soon as that back foot planted. 
Um, Derek Carr did the same thing. Um, when, even when the plays that the pass would look like it was going to get there, he did a really good job as far as when he, he did, did his drop back and his first read was open and he needs, the, the ball was released. That that's a, I mean that when shit like that happens, I mean I, there's really nothing the pass rush could do. And that's on your secondary. Yeah, that's really on your secondary. I mean, we got to do a better job of taking away the, their first or second option to that make them hold the ball a little bit longer. And now, if we do that, then, then I think we'll be able to put more pressure on the quarterback and, and maybe cause more sacks. But the first quarter, they did a really good job. And then after the first quarter, man, it was just. Derek Carr pretty much did whatever he wanted against us, man. I think they, I think he started game one for five, and then he ended the, ended the game on like a four, uh, completing fourteen on the last fifteen throws. So this is like the thing that concerns me the most is our is when we play against teams that's gonna have a good quarterback or a good good receiver, and could I expect him to do shit like this? Against his defense, they, they go on these long drives, these these long periods where they don't even get an incompletion. They just slice them, dice on us, and we you know, they're not really getting much pressure, or they're not, the coverage in the back end is not there. Uh, that that as far as like concerning, that's the concerning part. I, but I'm glad that they were able to make the plays happen when it when they were able to happen. As far as like you're looking at that that bad snap. That happened in the fourth quarter when we were only up by what I think it was up by six or yeah, five, five, or six, five, five, five or six, five or six, and we get that that crucial um, turnover, which thank God we did because I think we honestly feel like we may may have lost that game if we did not get that turnover. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I mean the takeaways were big, and they weren't necessarily forced by your defense. But hey, never apologize for that. If they're giving you the ball. And, and you take it like no one's going to apologize for that. Like at the end of the day on the scoreboard, it shows you had two takeaways and you had, and you had zero, it's just zero turnovers to them. So that, that's a good thing because that's something that we were not doing the last two games. The takeaways, the turnover rate was always, you know, favored to the other team, like versus the bears and versus the Packers. So to be on the positive side of the turnovers was good. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, as far as like fixing this defense, like I just don't know how much fixing there's going to be left. There's five games left. I think this is what you kind of got. Um, and kind of like I said earlier, at least they are getting the big stops. I think honestly, now we can talk about more about the offense. I think this kind of falls on the offense too. Like you got to a 21-0 start and it felt like you took your foot off the gas pedal and you weren't as aggressive as you were in that beginning of the game. Um, and, and the run game, they kept trying to try to, get that run game going the Saints were pretty stout against it all day and you already hinted to it a little bit too it's like getting number nine involved like why does it take so long in the game to get him involved or like why is it so minimally that he's not getting involved in these games like he is a true weapon man he's a true weapon like why can't they get him more involved in these games his speed is unreal and he's getting snaps more he's getting more snaps but like it doesn't seem like his production is changing you know throughout these weeks it's, it's, it's tough to watch, man, because you just know you know how electric he is, and then you see it, and then you're just like, man, you're looking at like at the end of the game and like two touches, <laughs> like two touches is is that all they're gonna give him is two touches? There's no excuse to give him only two touches. I don't know what the, there's no there's, there's none no excuses. He is he he, he not getting open. He, 
you're not drawing any plays for Jamison Jameson Williams. That's all it is. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know, man. The issue in the beginning was, like, the drops, but, like, we haven't seen that in a while, which is good. They're just not giving him an opportunity, really, it seems like. And, like, and when he does get an opportunity, he, like, he does good with it. Like, you know, you see a big play out of him. You saw versus the Saints. That, that touchdown was beautiful, and that was a huge spark for that Lions team, which needed a touchdown badly. And, you know, that, that play was beautiful. And I love Ben Johnson. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I wasn't like very impressed with this game though versus the Saints. I think he he could have been way better, a lot more aggressive, and they could have put this game away. I think in the first half they really wanted to, and ended up being a game where it came down to the final, like you know, to the final two minutes. I thought in the very beginning, the way the Lions were playing, I thought this game was going to be like the Baltimore game, but the other way around. I thought we were going to kick their ass, and I thought that's the way it should have went. And they were going to make a big statement, get the confidence back into this fan base in the last final games. But the offense, man, it just went really dry. And it's like, I understand you want to get the running game going. I understand when to take some pressure off of golf. But golf was playing pretty good, man, when getting the opportunity. He, you know, missed the one-third of Reynolds on the third down. But overall, I thought golf was pretty good in that game. And it felt like they kind of, like, didn't put the ball in his hand or didn't trust him this game. And they were trying to like lean on that running game more. And it was, it was just a little weird because the staff loves golf and it just felt like they, they did not like put the game in his hand, which was, which was a little interesting. I think, you know, coming off golf, you know, having all those turnovers, you do want to play, kind of play, especially playing against the Saints. And I think their defense is what I think they're a top defense as far as causing take, takeaways. Yeah, they are. So, so I, I get, I kind of get on their end. Um, golf is playing clean. This is keep them, keep them clean as far as you know, no turnovers. My, my thing is with this offense, and I think this offense is going to probably be as it is until they turn the keys over, man. Turn the keys, give as far as. Having Jameer Gibbs getting the bulk of the carries, and also having Jameson Williams getting targeted, you know, more as far as having him as a true number one or number two option um, for Detroit. I think that's when the that's when Detroit Lions is going to take a turn when those two things happen. Because right now, I just feel like they're, they're just playing around right now. Like eight, you have Jameer Gibbs; he only has he only gets eight carries. Then you have Jameson Williams; you only get two touches. Like. It's just I don't I don't get it. I I, I, don't, I don't understand the, the usage of these guys. These are your two best weapons right now. I love Amarose Brown, but Jameer Gibbs and and um and and Jameson Williams. Those are your two. <laughs> those are your two best weapons. Hands down, they could those are, those guys could make you know they could take a pass and take it eighty yards if they wanted to. Those yeah, are those, yeah. those are your two guys, and these guys they didn't even get more touches, man. They just. I feel like I'm talking to, I feel like we still have fucking DeAndre Swift on our team right now. <laughs> That's what it fucking feels like. I feel like we still have the DeAndre Swift effect right now. DeAndre Swift is on our team right now, and we're limiting his carries, eight carries. Why is why is Jameer Gibbs getting eight carries? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It It is. I mean, this offense is scary, though, man. They have so many good players. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta is is coming into Ooh. his own. I mean, he got nine targets, caught all nine balls, and, you know, he he was Mr. Reliable in that game. That's like what we've seen from Amon Ross St. Brown in a lot of games. That was the Laporta game. And, you know, he's really putting himself, like, in that conversation to be a top tight end in this league if he's not already. Like, I think he's already a top five tight end in the league right now. And 
Like he's already putting himself to get like a little bit higher in that conversation. If he keeps this trend going, he's been completely unbelievable this year. Been amazing. Yeah, this offense could be very scary. And I and I I'm not too worried yet. Like I know it's been a little stale, a little stagnant these last three games, the offense, but I'm still not concerned. I still think they're gonna get it clicking. And I still think this offense is one of the best offenses in the NFL. They have so many playmakers. Um, they need Frank Ragnow healthy, though. That's 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 one of the keys if they really want to get this offense going because you saw the difference when he went out and they had to lean on Sorsdale again. Yeah. It, it, it's it's yeah. a different it's a different offense. It really is a different offense. So you need Frank out there, hundred percent. But Frank or, or or your guards, your guards can't go out either because that lead that opens opportunity for Sorsdale to come back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like scary every time Sorosdale comes in. You just see him trying out. You're like, oh shit. Every time you see him skipping on the field, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's like, okay, go bench Sorosdale. Oh, I see Oshika trying. That's not much better. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. rough, man. Yeah. No, but this offense, like, I know it's been stagnant and like I know they, they could be better, but I'm still not concerned yet. Just because I know they have the star power there. And I and I, I know Ben Johnson could unleash this offense. I, I just I feel it deep down inside. I know it's been bad the last not bad, but I know it's been not to our expectations the last three weeks. I am I'm just not I'm not there as far as concerned yet with this offense. Like the defense, I have like really no hope. But this offense, I still have a lot of hope for. And I still think that's why they're gonna win games. No, nobody should be concerned about this offense. Nobody because the pieces are there. Now you could question the usage. Why is Jameson Williams getting two touches? Why is Jameer Gibbs, who's averaging eight yards a carry, only getting eight carries? You, you could question shit like that. But you're just going to, you know, you have faith in Ben. You know, they're going to figure shit out. They're going to eventually look at the tape and say, hmm, these are our two best guys. These are our two most explosive guys. Maybe they should put the ball in their hands more. They they should be, because me sitting at home saying this, I'm pretty sure they're in, in the meeting room saying, probably thinking to themselves, how can they get the ball in their hands more? Because they're those are their two explosive players. And they just need to do that. Once they do that, this is going to be a, an explosive, explosive offense once the ball is in their hands more. I don't care if we do more end around with Jameson Williams. I don't care if we give him screen. I don't care if he plays quarterback and just have him run the goddamn ball. I don't care if he's running back. Put him, get him, give him the ball. I don't care what you do with Jameson. Just make sure the ball is in his hands. And then you'll be fine. Yeah. I think they've come a little predictable these last three games. I think the NFL is starting to pick up on their trends. Like that third and seven draw play, it was it was cooking before like this season. Like earlier in the year, I think NFL teams are starting to pick that up a little bit. And it's like kind of putting us in bad positions on fourth down now where you have to punt the ball or it's a tough decision if you want to go for it. So I, I think, you know, just getting your playmakers more involved and, and leaning on this passing a little bit more and trusting golf again. And I understand you want to get some pressure off him because the last two games he was prone to a lot of turnovers, but starting to trust golf more, I, I think is going to be vital to getting this offense going to back how we saw, you know, like the chargers game. We're just in that first half of that season, man. They, they were phenomenal. And I know it's been a little stagnant, but like they still have the star power to be really good. Now, you need a healthy offensive line. We have to see Frank Ragnow's status. But overall, I still feel very confident in this offense. I, I think the fact that he didn't go on IR is, is huge. So that's good. That, that's a positive. So he might be able, he might be able to play next week. We, we don't know. But, um, we'll see on the practice reports. We'll see, yeah. we'll see on the practice reports. But, um, yeah, getting Frank Ragnow back is huge because I don't I don't trust Shorzdale or, or, or Sheikah. I don't trust those guys because those guys make things harder for everybody else. They do. Um. I don't know, man. Uh, 
the, the offense is fine. I'm not, I'm not really too worried about the offense as far as what they're what they're able to do and, and, and stuff like that. I think I think they're gonna be fine. Yeah, and let's talk about it. Jared Goff. I know it wasn't like necessarily on the stat sheet a very pretty game, or you're watching that game. It's not necessarily the most pretty game, but my God, making huge throws when they did this team needed it. How about that third down play at the end of the game to Josh Reynolds to seal the game? That was an amazing play by Jared Goff. Tough as nails, moving around the pocket. You know, that's not his that's not his forte. That's not his game, but he made it his game on that play when he had to. Like that, that's a play where nine out of ten times you're probably gonna take a sack. But he goes, takes the pressure, takes the hit, makes a huge throw to Josh Reynolds, picks up the first down, ends that game, and walks out with the victory. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to win the game. We can criticize all we want, and you know, we, we could talk about how they could be better. But getting the win at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, and that's what they did at the end of the game. So, you know, the stat sheets don't indicate that Jared Goff had the prettiest game, but zero turnovers I think is huge, and making the big throws when we really need it is huge. And we saw that in this game out of Jared Goff. I mean, I mean, the stat sheet, I mean, if somebody did not watch this game and look at the stat sheet, they'll be like, wow, Jared Goff played phenomenal. I mean, the stat sheet is, 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 is fine. It's, it's good. I mean, he was 16 for 25, 213, 213 yards, two touchdowns. No, yeah, it's, no not, it's, not, it's not sexy. You know, 213, only 25 passes. Yeah, I mean, that that he, he pretty much took what the defense gave him. Yeah. I mean, that's right. I mean, for me, I think like a, when you look at a quarterback and he throw anything under 200, that's like, what, what are you doing? Like, unless you're like a running back quarterback. You're looking at that, that the, the yards. You're like, oh, under 200 yards. I mean, when you throw over 200 yards, in NFL, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, those are those are good stats. I mean, I think he played really well. He was able to get the ball to Laporta at, at will. Um, he's making some tough throws. He made some tough plays, and that's what I like to see out Jared Goff is him taking. No, he's gonna take the hit. Dude. Like that last the last play you're talking about, man, he got clobbered. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got clobbered, but he still made the throw, and he, he still completed the throw, and he he made it happen. So I mean, he played the game that I wanted to play. He he played to win the game. I, I just I just don't like the fact that they take their foot off the gas pedal, man. I'm not sure who's doing this and who's telling them to do it. Or is it like maybe Ben Johnson is like saying, oh, we're up 21-0. Let's chill. Let's chill now. It was so annoying, dude. It was 21-0. Your defense gets another stop, and you have an opportunity to make this 28-0. And, like, a three-position lead in the NFL is big, but a four-position lead is like – it feels like a whole different animal when you have a four-possession lead in the NFL. Like, it feels like the game's pretty much over when you have a four-possession lead in the NFL. And they had the opportunity to do that, I think, like two times in that game to make this a four-possession lead, and they just couldn't, man. And it was like they were going so conservative. They kept trying to get this running game going. And I know we talked before the game that the Saints' run defense hasn't been great and you should pound this ball, but they were they, they were good this game versus us. They were good versus us this game. And especially when Ragnall went down, like, I don't know. I understand Soresdale's not great and you don't maybe trust him as much in you know the, the pass protection. But like I would like to see the golf. I would like to see in that game golf throw the ball more than twenty five times. Just, just, the, just you know, finish this game early on. Don't worry about the second half. You know, just finish it. They had an opportunity to do that so much earlier in this game than the final drive of the game, and it was just it was it was annoying, man, because they had so many opportunities to win this game early on. It's, it's their personnel, man. They, they, I'm not sure if they they just they don't like adjusting their personnel and 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 feeling out who's had the hot hand. And then going that way, that's not what they're doing, uh, which I don't – I guess they're going with the game plan, saying, okay, we're going to get David Montgomery 15 to 20 uh, touches, 
and give uh, Jameer Gibbs the uh, ten. Yeah. I think that's like that's that's their mindset because David Montgomery, you're right, he wasn't getting much of a running a running lane. He averaged three point one yards per carry, but yeah. they rushed him eighteen times. Yeah, they rushed it, him eighteen times, which makes no sense to me. He's only he's averaging three point one yards per carry, but you have Jameer Gibbs who has eight carries, who's averaging almost eight yards a carry, and you only give him eight carries. Yeah. And it's kind of like I said on the spaces, like it's a little stubborn to a certain extent. It's like you come in with this game plan and you're just going to run with the game plan. And and that could work sometimes. But like if they are proving to you that they could stop what you're doing or what you came in with their game plan, it's okay to adjust mid-game. Mid-game adjustments happen all the time in the NFL. And I think that's where the really good teams do is like make adjustments on the fly. You know, if they're stopping it, how are you going to adjust? Like what's your next counterpoint? If you keep doing the same thing, like, it's insanity to think that you're just going to figure it out and you're going to start like beating them when they're when they're proving that to you that they could stop it. And I understand you want to run it versus them because the run defense hasn't been good, but like you tried it for a whole first half. You're up 21-7. Okay, go into halftime and say, okay, let's adjust a little bit. Let's pass the ball a little bit more. Goff's playing good ball. Let's let's trust him a little bit more. Let's put the hand on his, let's put the ball more in his hand and trust him. Or go to Jameer Gibbs a little bit more, who's getting some good runs for us. And that just wasn't the case in this game, and I think that's why it ended up being a lot closer than it had to be. Yeah, that's that that, that is facts, man. It's just tough to watch sometimes, man. And I actually mentioned it on Twitter. I was like, I brought up the Miami Dolphins, and they're saying like, why can't why can't they have that mindset like the Dolphins? Because I feel like Mike McDaniel's like, if they're up, Mike McDaniel's like, throw a bomb to Tyreek Hill, <laughs> like they, they could be up by by forty points. He's like, all right, uh, uh third and uh, first down, uh, we're gonna throw a bomb to Tyreek Hill. So I mean, like, it's like, so like that. Like, they don't—they're a team who they don't give a fuck, and they—they're gonna ram that that score down your throat. I wish the Lions had that mindset. That—that's all. That's all. That's the only thing I wish they did and had is that mindset. They—they're up, good. Now let's choke these guys out. Let's show them that they don't belong in the same field as us. That we're a, a league ahead of them, and we're just a—we're just a, a more superior team. And they should want to show these teams that. Not that. Oh, they play tough, and now we only won by what five points, one possession game. Yeah, you know we're playing these average teams in one possession games. This we 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 squeak the win. We squeak we squeak by with the win. Let's go. You know we're playing this average team, but we squeak by with the win. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a mindset. Yeah, and they were. It felt like they were doing that earlier on in the year. Like when they played Atlanta, they just took care of business. You know, and they played Carolina, they just took care of business. Played Green Bay early in the year, just took care of business. Like. There was some doubt in that Green Bay game early on the year, but like I don't think it was like legitimate doubt like that they were gonna lose that game. Like that Saints game, I I felt confident that they were gonna win the game, but there was at some points I'm like, are are we gonna walk away with this win? Like, are are we really gonna lose to Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints? Like, why even give them the thought of like thinking, oh my god, we could actually lose this game? Dolphins fans, yeah, you're right. There was at no point during that game when they're watching versus the Commanders like saying that we thought we were gonna lose this game. Oh, they're by they're they're by uh twenty points. They're throwing a bomb to Tyree Kill. I think it was the first time in NFL history that scores ever happened to forty five fifteen. Only that's ever happened in NFL history. Forty five fifteen. Well, it's a it's a it's an odd score, odd odd number. Well, but regardless, that's uh, was off topic. But <laughs> um, yeah, man, like the offense just needs to be more aggressive, and they have the tools to do it. But overall, like I said, not the sexiest number out of golf. And I and I know you said like. You look at the stat sheet, it looks good. 
I think I was just so spoiled of what Goff was doing early on in the year. I mean, like just listen to these numbers with Jared Goff early on in the year. We have versus uh, the Chargers, 333 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero, zero turnovers. Versus the Raiders, 272, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, versus Tampa Bay, 353, two touchdowns, zero turnovers. Versus the Panthers, 236, three touchdowns, zero turnovers. Versus Seattle, I know we lost that game, but 323, three touchdowns, one interception. Like, you know, we were spoiled with how well he was playing, like him just slinging that ball. So that's why I say, like, it wasn't the sexiest numbers by golf standards. But I thought overall, like, it was an impressive game. I, mean, I thought he played a good game when when he got trusted to, to the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine, I'm fine with over 200 yards and, and the clean game. I think that the key for me is no turnovers, man. The, the, those are the turnovers that hurt us. Like, we would have had two turnovers this game. We easily lose these games. 100%. Or, or even maybe, maybe one turnover probably causes, causes us a, a, this game. So the fact that he was able to keep it clean, no turnovers, I'm happy with it, man. I'm perfectly fine with it. It just... And and he could have did a lot more. He could have he could have way more if they didn't take their foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, and I think that's more on Ben Johnson play calling than on Jared Goff in this in this game particularly. Yeah, uh, I agree a hundred percent. So, yeah, but you know when answered and when needed it, they made plays, man. You know when when they needed to go get a first down at the end of the game, they did it. When we need to go get a touchdown at the in the fourth quarter, you know they did it with the Jameson Williams play. I, I know that they said Dan Campbell said that's a play they've been kind of, you know, working on practice for multiple weeks, and they were just kind of waiting to you know unleash it. Like that was a great play. So like I know Ben is still uh, has that that like that like the great play calling in the back of his mind, and, I, and I'm not worried. I think he's going to figure it out, and I think he's going to we're going to see that old Ben Johnson that we've seen you know early in the year. The last three games haven't been pretty by his standards, but you would just have too much talent for this offense to be what it is right now. And I think it'll be better. Uh, how confident are you that we're going to see a game before the end of the season where Jameson Williams goes off? And what I mean, goes off. I know what you mean. You know exactly what that means. So you're saying like seven plus catches, eight plus catches for a hundred plus yards, right? Yep. Something along those lines. Yeah. I'd give it like a five or six right now. Like I could see it happening. I could see it not happening. That sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it does suck because like I want to go into the offseason at the very least and think like I feel confident that Jameson Williams is going to be our wide receiver two going into the year. Like I'm, with him and Amonrol, like that's going to be your confidence. Like I want to feel confident in him that he's going to be that guy. And it's not even him himself because I think he has the talent. It's just like I need to be confident that the staff is going to be able to use him the right way. And that we don't have to go in this offseason and, and say we have to go get a wide receiver too. I want to feel confident in J-Mo that he could be that guy. You know what? I, you know what? I'm actually keeping some hope. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that they it, it, it gets it gets better. Reason why is because we've seen this with Amarose Brown in his rookie year when he first came, and we were like, oh, he's not getting much touches. And then he goes through the stretch where he's just getting seven catches, seven catches, seven catches. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping it happens because he's. I think right now, I think Jameson Williams is at his place right now. He's confident, and he he feels great. And I think he, I think he is great, a great receiver, man. So I think, I think he could, I think he has the tools to do it. They're just not giving him the opportunity. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think it was pretty much around this time of year last or two years ago when Aminara really started to unleash because, you know, it took him till December to really to really get going and. Some of that had a credit of 
Anthony Lynn being the offensive coordinator and then Dan Campbell being the offensive coordinator and, you know, oh, having man. zero identity on offense. So I think it's a yeah. little different. Bro, I forgot Dan Campbell was our was our play caller at one point. <laughs> oh, man. That was a Pittsburgh game, wasn't it? Was, it, was that the Pittsburgh he had, game? He had, like, a good stretch against where he was off. He had, like, a month where he was our offensive, like our offensive play caller. Oh, man. Oh, yes, the Pittsburgh game was one of them. Oh man, that was... that's when he was doing that jumbo formation every single play with the extra offensive lineman. <laughs> that yeah, shit yeah. was horrendous, man. I called it oh, high school offense. He called a high school offense, man. I remember, I remember. I, 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 I'm glad I forgot about it and didn't remember. But yeah, you brought the memories back in my head, man. My fault. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> not not a great time during Lions football. It's that's where you got to be like more, like. You gotta sit back and enjoy this more, cause then was, like there's there's years like that where you're watching football like that, where that's just absolutely horrendous. Or you watch other teams in the NFL, and like we're talking like we're spoiled brats right now. Like we scored 33 points and we're still bitching about this offense. That like that shows how much talent we think this offense has and how like how high of an expectation that that we put this offense is. Scoring 33 points in the NFL is still tough at the end of the day. It's still very impressive. But the reason why we're bitching because they scored twenty one in like the first five minutes of the know, game. I know, I know, yes. <laughs> so you're, you're thinking like, all right, twenty one points, and then you go to the second quarter, you score three. Third quarter, three. Fourth quarter, six. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they only had twelve yeah. points the the rest of the way, so it's you know it has to be better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely has to be better. Yeah, it has to be better, but. We talked about it, man. These guys got players. They got they got legitimate players here, dude. I, I I'm loving Sam Laporta. I mean, obviously you love Amon Ross and Brown. I love this this running back room right now, and I I, I like Jamo a lot too, man. Like I know it's limited, but he impressed me every time he's on the field. Every time number nine's on the field, I think every Lions fans like at least me. Every time number nine's on the field, I, I like I'm always just zoned in on him. Like, what is number nine doing? Where, where is he on the field? Like, I want to see if he's gonna get the ball. And it's just like, damn, he doesn't get the ball. <laughs> and then when he gets the ball, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Jamo to the house. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think every fan has a reaction. When Jamo gets the ball and the ball's in his hand, you're just looking like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? Like when he got that reverse, everybody was like, "Oh shit!" Then you're like, "Oh, oh yeah, so I, I, I was sitting back because I was still pissed that we only had to, like we only had like very minimal points at that point that since the first like six, six, seven minutes of the game, and I'm like, "Damn, he's gone. He's touchdown!" <laughs> like yeah. that's touchdown. That was that was some speed, right? There. I don't think I've ever seen that fast of a speed on the end around. That was fast. That was. That was the celebration was quite interesting too. I, I don't know. I don't know if I recommend that one out of JMO, but <laughs> that, that could be a fine. <laughs> he, he should be fine. Hopefully, he's not a fine. Hopefully, he's not going to be a fine. Hopefully, he's okay. But I mean, um, for his pockets, though, but it's not a fine, so he can afford the McJMO still. But I mean, that was that was an interesting celebration. I'll say that. I'll say yeah. that. I'll leave it at that. Leave it at that. All right, let's get into the oopsie doopsie and baller of the week. All right, oopsie doopsie of the week. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. I didn't really know where to go here. You know, I could give it to a line like Colby Solarsdale potentially, but I don't think that's fun. I want to go more fun here. I think I'm going to go with Jameis Winston. Because, my goodness, dude, Jameis Winston is the most interesting quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> like, there's going to be a documentary about Jameis Winston one day of how interesting of a quarterback he is. Number 30, one over. 30 for 30, James. 
the, the number one overall pick. He threw 30 touchdowns in one season and 30 interceptions. I know it has nothing to do with this game, but my God, dude, he stinks. He stinks. But then he shows you flashes where he looks great. But then this game, I, I, I think he was honestly one of the biggest blessings for the Lions. I think he was one of the biggest reasons why they won this game was because of Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston is also is, is my oopsie doopsie of the week. Second oopsie doopsie of the week, I know we don't really do this, is Elvin Kamara for knocking down that poor sideline guy. My oh, goodness, the chain guy God. got yeah. knocked out, dude. That was disgusting. His leg looked like a pretzel, bro. That was it bad. Bent, it was bent back like a paperclip, bro. And they like, you heard the audio, he goes, ah. Oh, man, that, that was that was rough, dude. I'm but sorry. that's not, I mean, that wasn't really Elvin Kamara's fault. It wasn't his fault, but he, he seemed like a dick afterwards. He was like, get up, dude. <laughs> like, he seemed like he was like a dick about it afterwards. He, he, he probably looked down. He probably was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he just seemed like he was a dick about it. Like, oh, let's go. Let's keep the game going. <laughs> well, Tyler, what would you do? What would you do if you actually ran to a guy, you looked down, and his face, his leg is like bent to like his... I would make sure the dude's all right before just running off. And just like, he'll, be like, right. he'll be like, oh, God. Oh, what the hell? Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody check on him. <laughs> I mean that I feel bad for the dude. I mean he's gonna be fine. I hope he had, a broken, he had a broken leg. Do you think he ever does that job again? Yeah, that's his job. That's tough, man. I have, I would have PTSD or trauma if I if I had to go back out there in that chain gang after he probably, what he, he probably gonna be like like if you see a player like even getting close to him, he's probably gonna dive out the way. But yeah, I know I never I know it's fast and like it's it's tough to do, but like I never understand why those guys don't just move out of the way. I know you're dedicated to your job and you're trying to really get like like the best line discriminate, but like move, man. It happens every single week where someone gets hit. This guy just got the worst I've ever seen of it, where his, his leg was completely on the wrong, probably, wrong probably, side. Probably didn't even see him. Probably you see him coming. Probably was just probably zoned out looking at probably like who knows, maybe looking at cheerleaders. I don't know who he's looking at. <laughs> <laughs> but he probably wasn't yeah. looking at it. Did this happen? He like just so oh, man paperclip. Yeah, that, that, that's enough. All right, baller of the week. Who do we got? All right, so the, for the baller of the week, we have. We're gonna give it to. No, I mean there's no shocker here. Sam Laporta, man. Sam Laporta nine catches, 140 um, receiving yards. And one touchdown. I mean, this guy is everything that I wanted out of TJ Hawkinson. And I don't, I don't usually don't like bringing up old players and trying to compare them or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, he's everything I wanted out of him. And we drafted Sam Porter, what, second round, third round? Was it third round? Second, second. Second. Second round. Second round. And he's playing like <laughs> number eight overall pick. I mean, he, this is the type of impact that Sam Porter is having right now. He's already, right now, I mean, as a rookie, probably a top five tight end. I, I put it on Twitter. Was, uh, I said, you know, I try to just make it. You know, didn't want to make it overhyped, saying he's in the top ten. But everybody's like, no, top five, top five, top five, top three, top five. You know, but yeah, he's playing like he's a top five tight end right now. Maybe even top three. Who knows? But yeah, he, he's he's everything that we wanted out of a tight end. So yeah, yeah. Ball of the week, Sam Laporta. Yeah, I think top ten easily because I just don't think there's like many good tight ends left in the league anymore. Like, you know, there's yeah, there's obviously like the dominant ones like Kelsey, Andrews, and Kittle, and I think Hawkinson's really good too. And like but like Sam Laporta, I think, is already in that conversation to be like the fourth best tight end in the league right now. Or maybe 100%. or maybe it's fine, like whatever you put him, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I, I think it's pretty like definitively. He has been amazing. He's gonna break probably every single rookie record of a, out of a tight end. 
And even more than that, like he's a phenomenal blocker. He's not just a, a, a weapon in the passing game. Like he's a great weapon in the passing game as well, but he's a phenomenal blocker too. And like that one run with, uh, I think it was Khalif Raymond, like his blocking almost got a touchdown there too, you know, in that play, like his, his, his like versatility to be a blocker and a pass catcher is, is very critical. And that's, what's going to get him in the elite conversation very soon. If he continues this. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, Comparing like he, he looking at like a guy who he compares to is George Kittle, mm-hmm. as far as as far as being um, an elite blocker and and an elite pass catcher, and that's like I said, that's what we wanted out of TJ, but um, it didn't work out, and we're getting everything out of the porter man. It's like it's come to a point that we don't even need to substitute. You know, back then when we had to use um, Nelson as an extra tight end on on running plays because we just didn't have that that extra blocker. Yeah. Um, now they're very rarely using um an extra lineman out there, and they're just rolling with Sam Laporta because Sam Laporta is a phenomenal blocker. Yeah, I think they have a good one-two punch out with their tight ends. I like Brock. I think Brock is the perfect backup right now, and I think Laporta is obviously like the perfect number one tight end. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention: Bruce Irvin. I know it was eleven snaps, but then that sack was big, man. It was just refreshing to see an Andrew should get a sack uh, on this Lions team. So. I thought he played. I thought he played good in his limited snaps. Yeah, he did. All right, guys, that is going to be a wrap to this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. You know, I I understand some pessimistic from this team, and you heard it in this podcast a little bit. But hey, sit back, man. The lines are nine and three. It's a good football team. At the end of the day, it's a good football team. You're three games ahead of the division right now, which is absolutely huge. Five games left to go. Be happy, man. Lions are nine and three, man. That's, that's a good thing. We got the Bears next week. We'll preview them in this week, so you guys can look forward to that later on in the week on your guys' feed. And that's all I got for you guys for now. Hope you guys all enjoyed. I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and yeah, Tyler said it, man. You just gotta sit back, enjoy these wins, and take the season as it goes, man. We haven't had a season like this in a while, um, so we'll see. We'll see how the season ends, man. But right now, everything's good. Everything's good right now, guys. And with that being said, man, I am out, man. Peace. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.